Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. Thank you again for tuning in to this long haul podcast that we call the NCHC Pod. I am Jason. And I am John. And find three weeks of hockey. <laughs> 38 games. Of like every which, other day podcasts. 38 games, which doesn't sound as cool as 40 games, but Colorado College had to start late. So there's a couple games against uh, Duluth and St. Cloud that they'll have to play in the second half, which that's they're going to have a tough schedule playing <laughs> North Dakota, Denver. UNO and Omaha. Then they got, yeah, so it's they've they've got yeah. they've got their work cut out for them. We looked at it. Uh, what was it? A couple of weeks ago, I think. Uh, John and I looked at it and <laughs> realized that we've we've done basically the same number of podcasts to this point that we've done in the last two seasons. It's just we've done them in three weeks and not you know two and a half months. Well, it's hard. You don't have that slow build, and it it does make you wonder you know, how this season would have gone if they had started in early October and played, you know, a series a week as opposed to just this crammed in 10 games in 20, 21 days. So before we get into the game today, do you think this pod format benefited Omaha? You know, I, I do. And one of the things that we talked about before the pod that we really haven't talked about that I was thinking about this afternoon is the fact that, you know, even though they tried to, you know, tried to make it all fair by like having UNO sit on the visitor's bench and wear their, you know, black jerseys and that type of thing. I mean, the fact of the matter is we did get 10 games at home. Now, obviously, we didn't go undefeated in them and we had some tough contests uh, throughout the last three weeks, but I... I really do think that that helped you, and I I think that they took advantage of the opportunity being in their home arena, playing on their home ice, you know, a, a venue that they're used to the, you know, quirky bounces and quirky atmospherics. They I, I think they responded well. So I do think this format helped well for that reason, and I think it helped well because it was just, it was, you know, just bam, 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 bam. I, they didn't have a lot of time to think. There wasn't a lot of time to ruminate on stuff. And when they were done, it was, you know, either the next day or a couple days later, they were on to the next game, on to the next team. And I actually think that sense of urgency, knowing that it's a compacted schedule and there are fewer games this season, I actually think that that helped them. I was chatting back and forth with someone, and that was kind of our debate back and forth was... Did because we both agreed that Omaha overperformed in the pod, that, right? Um, and I think that a lot of the you know, you look at their climb in the standings and a lot of what we've heard from the broadcasters and stuff like Omaha was not expected to be where they are, right? And we'll cover where they are now that the pod's over uh, a little bit later in this podcast, but uh, you know, they they weren't expected to do this, so they overperformed, and the question was. Was it the format of the pod where if you took this same group and put it in, say, Minnesota or something, uh, neutral site or St. Cloud or Duluth or something like that? Or was it because it was their home arena? Right. And I think it's a little bit of both. Like you had mentioned, there's there's quirkiness that comes with your home arena that you know that other teams maybe you know don't know. Uh, but there's also that, I think... I think it benefited Omaha that we don't play the same team back and back. And 
sometimes I feel like these teams, you know, you get in your head a little bit and you start thinking about, you know, what you did wrong Friday night or making adjustments for Saturday. Right. And, you know, we show up and we, we've had these series and stuff. I remember, uh, what was it, a couple of years ago or something, like we went out and shocked North Dakota at North Dakota on Friday night um, and then just didn't perform as well on Saturday. And part of me is like, we kind of surprised Duluth at the beginning of this and how much of this was like, wait a minute, Omaha's better than we expected, but we're not exactly prepared for them. Whereas if we played, you know, Duluth, you know, back to back, it probably would have been different, I think. So I don't know. It's, it's an interesting conversation to have. Well, it is. And it, it's, you know, you've got all these games going on and you're watching all these different teams that, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, all the other games that don't involve us are essentially neutral site games. So that creates a really interesting dynamic for those teams. Um, and we saw a team that we thought was going to be stronger, Denver, struggle a little bit in this pod. But I mean, you look at us and you look at the the of the 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 eastern half of the conference, the way they've split the conference for travel purposes this year. Uh, you know, we we, you know, we we got a loss and we got a a tie against Duluth. We essentially, we split against St. Cloud in our two games against them. We lost one, five to three, and then we, we won one, two to nothing. And so those were obviously the better teams in that kind of conference. But you do wonder, like you said, what if we had played two games against St. Cloud in St. Cloud or two games against Minnesota Duluth in Minnesota Duluth we might have gotten or swept even in two both games of those. against them here. Yeah, it might have been a very, very different dynamic in that. Right. Yeah, so it's it's really, really hard to gauge um, where exactly the team is, but they definitely look better because we've seen them play some not good games at Baxter Arena the last couple seasons. So they definitely play better. And like we had talked about before the before the. Uh, NCHC pod started, they really took advantage of the opportunity by going six, three, and one. Right. And, you know, I don't think either of us predicted six, three, and one, or, I mean, I had, I really had hoped for five and five, I thought would have been an excellent pod for them. So to see them do better than five yep. and five, I think is amazing. And I think you and I may have talked about how wonderful it would be if they went like seven and three. I think th I think that might have come up. And I don't mm -hmm. know if you brought that up or I did or we were just kind of talking in general. But they 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 did that. And I like you and I said, though, just tempering our expectations, 500 in this thing would have been great. So some of the teams turned out to not be as strong as we thought they were, like Western Michigan. So, you know, but we still haven't faced their... There are two teams that we still haven't faced, which is North Dakota and our kind of our nemesis Denver the past several years. So that's going to be interesting in the second half. But but anyway, so let's get to the game today. Yep. Our final game in the pod, the only game today against Colorado College. Yep. A noon game. What did you think of that noon game? I hate noon games. <laughs> I do too. I mean, and, I mean, noon on a Monday too. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, if it's noon on a Friday, it wouldn't be too bad, but it's, it's always busy. The, the first part of the week, especially. And that was just really, really hard. It was really just kind of disruptive right in the middle of the day to have to, uh, 
have to do that. I mean, it was of course fun to watch UNO play, but yeah, that was that was a little disruptive. But yeah, it's, it's always <laughs> tough. Always tough. We say, and I've I've said this to the people that I work with a lot is because we'll try to multitask in meetings and things. And I always say, yeah, well, multitask is just you doing two things poorly. And yeah. I was attempting to multitask, which means I was probably doing two things poorly. You've seen, you've seen those YouTubers who will like, they post the videos on, um, they'll, they'll pre-record themselves on zoom calls ahead of time. And then just put a video of themselves, like, nodding and looking interested and like looking like they're typing and doing other stuff. So maybe that's, maybe that's what you need to do, Jason. Uh, I'll remember that for next time we have a noon game on a Monday. <laughs> so first period thoughts kind of going into it. I thought, uh, I thought we looked a little right out of the get go. I just thought we looked a little unprepared. Okay. We weren't bad. We weren't making, it wasn't like some of the other games where, um, we, you know, Western Michigan and stuff that, that we just, I don't, I don't know what we were thinking in that first period. Like this, I thought, you know, we played pretty well. It just, it just didn't seem like we were completely ready. But then that second half of the first period is when Omaha seemed to really start turning it on, start to click. They were moving the puck, controlling it a little bit more. Um, and I just think that, that, it was kind of a tale of two halves of the first period, but that second half really kind of leads into the rest of the game for us. Yeah. I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen during the first half of the first period. It's uh, I, I don't know. UNO has not played as well in some of these early games as they have in the later games. And so I was a little bit nervous that it was like, Oh, it's the last game of the pod. It's after three weeks. We're a little bit tired. I didn't know what, what I'll say about Colorado college is they've been a game team uh, throughout uh, throughout the uh, contest that they've had during this NCHC pod. So I wasn't sure, but definitely the latter half of the period, they looked better. And when, I don't know what you were thinking, you know, a minute left in the period, we get a power play. And I'm thinking, man, if we could score on this and magically Decline come it. out of the first period... Decline the power play. It's like the football thing. We'll decline it. We won't take it. We've struggled on the power play mightily this year, but, but yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, you're thinking, you're hoping they've got the advantage. Let's see if they can put one in the net. And they certainly did. And they did. Conley had a great goal on a scrub shot over to the, um, over to the faceoff dot on the right wing side. And yep. Just fires a nice one-timer right past the uh, the Carroll College goalie. I mean, I don't know that he had much of a chance of stopping that, the way that play was set up. And that's what we need to see them. You know, we talked about their struggles on the power play. Like, that's what they need to do on the power play is they need to move that puck and yep. really stretch <clears throat> stretch that box out yep. with their their defen- the defense and, and open up those kinds of opportunities. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, later on in the game, you know, we can talk about like Ward had, uh, I mean, just almost uh, an amazing opportunity on the power play uh, when we slid him a puck kind of right across. And so the more the guys can kind of break that box down, I think the more successful they'll be on the power play. So it was nice to kind of see that kind of uh, come out in this game that gives me some hope for our power play moving forward with the second half of the season. 
Yeah, utilize those talented defensemen to uh, generate some offense on the power play. Absolutely right. And Jack Randall had a great pass that went to Brandon mm-hmm. Scanlon. I mean, he he was he was instrumental. Randall was instrumental on our first two goals, but in particular that one that went to Scanlon and then Scanlon to Conley it was just a beautiful shot. And again, I, a lot of times you feel like with with teams that are struggling on the power play, they're trying way too hard to try to get some sort of a, a you know some sort of a, a cool looking little you know, perfect play, yeah, perfect play going, you know, down low, close to the net. It just, yeah, that's the thing. Just, just wind up, fire it, rip away and see what happens. And, and good things happen today for sure. And Scanlon seems to really be coming into a role on that power play. Uh, I kind of like, you know, his mindset and mental uh, state there. And on that top, that first pairing, uh, the first power play unit, I think he's doing a, a good job up there on top. Oh, he's a lot of fun to watch. So yeah, we score 30 seconds left in the in the period. You know, ease our way out of it after that point in time. Come into the second. Always worried with UNO about second periods. I don't know what it is about second periods, but it always seems to worry me. Uh, but midway through, we've got Martin Sundberg gets a, a tally from Jack Randall and Nolan Sullivan. And UNO takes a 2-0 lead. Yeah, I'm feeling good at that point. I know that people say that the two-gold lead is the most dangerous lead in hockey, but I, to me, it's it's much more preferable to a one-goal lead or, well, or no-goal lead. Pod, in the pod, it seems like three goals is the death nail. It is. the It's the <laughs> death knell. Yeah, it's the death knell. So you you're going to lose if you get a three-goal yep. lead. <laughs> yep, absolutely so, right. But they were playing real well, and that's the thing. I mean, they had tons of opportunities, uh, just point-blank things that what Conley in the first period airmailed one to the rafters on a you know wide-open split play. Um, oh, that was... Yeah, Ward that was, had a uh, really... How did he, <laughs> I know, miss, that how did he goal? miss that goal? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sitting there, and I'm waiting for him to, you know, the players to start rejoicing and it didn't happen i'm like how did that guy go the 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 uh i believe it was was a bassian net for uh colorado college today i right. think it was i mean he went he went down i'm like it's just pop that thing in there and right. it apparently he uh he uh he used the uh he used the pitching wedge instead of the putter because it just it, it just went it just went a bit too high it just it went way over the way over the green on that one Yep, he uh, he flew it <laughs> for sure. And, you know, that's that's why it was nice to see him get the power play goal because that'll mess with your mind, things like that. But yeah, Sunberg had a good goal in the second period, and um, the guys looked like they were moving. Third period comes. Uh, it was a it was a pretty tight contest. I think Cairo College came into the third knowing that you needed to press. And try to get that that first goal back, make it a one one goal game, and uh, UNO they fought off some power plays. Yep, their power their penalty kill still seems to be. I don't remember what they. I'm trying to remember what the announcer said, but I mean it's one of the best in the country. And going going into this they were like game, twenty some straight and twenty five twenty five straight penalty kills where we had not allowed a goal on the penalty kill. We had killed off 25 straight penalties. They kept saying that, and I'm like, God, you're jinxing They're gonna us. They're going to jinx Shut us. Up. <laughs> and I will tell you, it it was 26 today, I believe. I think, did they finish with 26 They uh, finished with 26, kills? I think. Yep. 
And here's the thing. Colorado College had some talented players, and like you said, they were putting pressure on us in our defensive zone during that third period, and I thought the decor played really, really well. And in particular, I thought Isaiah Seville played well. He had some terrific saves. This was a really, really good game for him. Um, and, you know, that Colorado College team, there's a lot of youth. There's a lot of young guys. One of the names that we heard over and over again was Grant Crookshank. Um, during the pod. He's a really talented forward for them. And um, they've got some other guys like uh, Jackson Judding, who's a former UNO assistant and former Minnesota State Mankato head coach, uh, uh, Troy Judding's son, somebody we're familiar with, although I think he ended up getting a concussion in one of the games. So I don't know if he was back today or not. Uh, sounds terrible. I I didn't hear his name, so uh, he may have been uh, he may have been out. But they've they've got some good young talent. Obviously, it's been a tough road to hoe for them the past uh, past several seasons. But uh, but I look uh, I look at the job Mike Haviland's done, and I think they've got a fairly solid team. But it wasn't enough to get it done against UNO today. And UNO is the type of team that really, when they get a lead, uh, it's it's hard to get anything done against them, especially in this year's flavor of the UNO Mavericks. And they need to keep that up. They need to be a team that's hard to hard to come back against. Um, we've seen, we've talked about it on the podcast, and we've seen it a lot over the last years where, you know, Omaha gets a goal and then they let one in really quick and stuff. And and so a lot of that is just that defensive mentality that coaches pitching, and and that'll really help them down the stretch when they're in some of the tight games, one goal games and stuff against North Dakota that are late in the game. Uh, can you hold on for a victory or? You know, can you make a push and try to get that goal back and, you know, scrape scrape a point where you had none type of thing? Right. So. Right. And and that's something and I we've done so many of these podcasts over the last three weeks. I can't remember what I said, what I didn't say, what I was talking to Bridget about, what I was just thinking about. But it, it goes back to something that Mike Gabinette said uh, in one of the postgame interviews on the broadcast. And he talked about the fact that they were having the players this season essentially do everything. And I, I think play every position and, and guys who don't normally play on the penalty kill unit were playing on the penalty kill unit. They were trying to get guys, you know, kind of fully invested in what's going on out there on the ice. Um, and I, I think that that's really paying dividends. I think that there's a kind of a sense of ownership that's going on among the players when it comes to the style of play and the tempo of the game mm -hmm. and everything else. So, so yeah, it it's uh, and I I think you saw that on display in this game. The other big news was presence on the uh, blue line back there with number twenty two Jordan Clare. Yeah, it was great to see him back. You know, it's one of those players I had heard. Gosh, I I don't remember how many was it two or three seasons ago. It seems like he's been like he's been here like 15 years now. It's <laughs> um, I remember somebody saying they didn't think he would ever lace up and get back on the ice uh, during a game for the team again. And so it's, I mean, when he when he gets a red, when he gets a med shirt and doesn't uh, yeah does, still doesn't dress for an entire season, you kind of start to wonder if yeah, that was and, the end for him. We just we there are some of those players that we've had over the years who you just you kind of you kind of see them in the suit and tie, uh, walking around the arena as a sort of a perpetual scratch. And so it was really neat to get to see him out there skating with the team in the game today. And it's I, that's I mean it's you know at the end of the day for these guys I mean a lot of it's just it's about the team and it's about the camaraderie. And so it was neat to see him 
It was just neat to see him get back in the game. I thought that was really cool that yeah. he got to play and that uh, Coach Gabinet and company uh, uh, gave him the nod today and had him in the lineup. So I thought that was really cool. So third period, we get the goal from Weiss. Just a nice. Let's talk. That was a just a beaut- just he just like he just from a guy that rarely just shoots. Fired. I know he. We've talked about. Uh, we've talked about how he's been creating opportunities for other players, but finally he just uh, he just turned, and that was I think that was out near the <clears throat> the right wing circle uh, as as well. I think it was kind of mm-hmm. he was he was moving into the slot when he took that shot. Great shot on his part. This is a that's the kind of thing that we've been, you know, obviously excited about when this when we first saw him play as a freshman. And we're excited to see some of those goal opportunities happen for him. So I believe that was his second goal in the pod. Don't quote me on that, but I I believe that was his second goal of the pods uh, so far. And that was a great, great, great look and a great shot. And obviously at that point when they're up three to nothing, we're feeling great. Are you, although those yeah. Jason talked about, he's like, I don't know, three to nothing. If, if it had been earlier in the game, we might have gotten nervous. But at that point in the say, game. If it was earlier in the third period, I might have been a little bit more nervous. But there was only like five minutes left in the game. And there was, yeah, right, about. Now we got it. Uh, yeah, a little, yeah, a little over, a little over four minutes left. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm thinking good. Uh, Jason Smolage and Brock Bremer on the assist there. But that was really all Tyler Weiss. Yeah, Seville finishes it out, makes some good saves there at the end, earns his uh, his shutout. Omaha wins three nothing, and the pod is done, and we are on to a bit of a break, and then the second half of the season. So let's uh, let's do players of the game, and then okay. I think now that the pod's done, we should do a player, a player of, the, of pod. the pod. Okay, my player of the game, I said, boy, it's a tough one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with take the obvious one. There's an obvious one. Yeah. <laughs> I've already. There's picked an egg the, on the board, dude. I've you, already you picked the, the goaltenders. I've already picked the goaltenders twice. I picked Roden in his shutout. I picked <laughs> Seville in in one of the other games. I think it was. I think it was the game we lost to Miami. But I thought that. Okay. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm picking I, Seville so that you can good. pick someone else. I already picked Seville, so I can't. I would. I you totally got to pick Seville. That was a that was a fantastic I've got, game. For I, I picked Seville for my player of the game because he got a shutout and made some miraculous saves to get it. it I gotta tell you what. Shutout, so what a talented player. I I just he's he's arguably the best goaltender that we've had in. I mean, it's been years. I mean, he really is a top pro prospect type goaltender. I mean, I mm-hmm. he might be the most talented goaltender that the UNO's had since uh, Dan Ellis back in the early years of the program. Just just pure talent um, between the pipes there. So that's obviously the obvious pick of the game when you get a shutout and you have the kind of uh, performance that he had. You got to go with Isaiah Seville. So okay, I, yes, so good. He's but off I, the board. I gave you now he's what off do the you board. Have? Okay, this is a little bit more difficult. And normally, Jason, when he's put in this position where he doesn't get the obvious uh, player uh, in our play, uh, player of the game segment, he uh, he usually tries to come up with something clever and interesting and sort of off the beaten path. I'm going to go with Kevin Conley, who had not only was the first goal that he had uh, a beauty, but uh, 
that one that we were talking about moments ago where uh, it was earlier than that in the first period, I believe, wasn't it, where he just he just shot a little bit too high? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Is this, he hit the ceiling, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Kevin Conley. But boy, I'll tell you what, that third goal by Tyler Weiss, that was it. That was a beauty. And so I'm not going to hedge. Yeah. Weiss was making a lot of plays. Yep. Uh, there, I mean, there was a number of passes that he gave to uh, Ward and I'm trying to remember who the other one was that he gave to because it wasn't, I don't think it was Primo, but I think it was, I want to say it was Bremer that was on the ice on a split shift with him that he gave up a really nice pass to. But, you know, Weiss was really, he made a move on one of the guys at one point in time where he's just like, it's one of those situations where as a defender, you're like, I got this guy locked up. And then it's like, wait, where did he go? <laughs> Why yeah. is he not here anymore? You know, and that elusiveness with, with Weiss, if he really taps into that, that's going to be a huge asset for Omaha. Um, I actually thought you were going to pick Randall. Oh, he was you know, the other I, one that I was like, man, his game today. I thought he he really know, generated I'll a lot of tell speed you what, with it. Now that you mentioned that, that was yeah. what I was thinking before the podcast. And then we started talking about goals and everything else. Because I was. Because he was integral on the first two goals of the game, which was right. critical. Um, so, yeah, he's been a really... He's been a really important player in this lineup during these yeah. uh, first 10 games. So... Yeah, terrific. He's been a great addition to this club. Tra- for transfer sure. yeah. transfer from Michigan. We're happy to uh we're happy to take a player from the Evil Empire. So, yeah, absolutely. He's great too. So, so player of the pod. So the whole thing, the whole kit and caboodle top to bottom. What do <sighs> you got? Well, this is a tough one cuz you could make an argument for one of the skaters or one of, or the uh, you know, an Isaiah Seville in, in a in a deal like this, but I'm going to go with a player whose whose name we have butchered on this podcast for years, but is really coming into his own this season. And you've got to be impressed with Chase Primo, who had four goals and eight assists in the pod, was a a real factor and made his presence known. I I really like how he's playing this season and. Uh, you know, the first two seasons, you know, probably didn't go the way that he wanted. But um, you look at where he is right now in his career, and I I think he's uh, he's one of the best upperclassmen on the team. So I I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Primo. Yep. That's what I got for you, Jason. Uh, Well, I think he's an admiral pick like i i i mean it's hard to argue with the production that we've seen out of him that he isn't at least considered one of the best players on Homa, omaha's team in the last 10 games um yeah and, and i and, you know, we and just, talked about it in the preseason yeah. podcast about how you know we need to know where scoring's coming from where we're going to get goals from and to see him produce not just be effective but produce because I think there's a difference between, you know, guys that are, um, you know, they're playing well and they're, you know, <laughs> Keck, Keck was this way. Like Keck was, I don't understand who, what, what hockey God he pissed off and, 
and what chicken had to be sacrificed to get him off its bads list. But man, the guy played so good, so many games, and seemed to never have anything to to show for it. Like he wasn't on the, you know, he wasn't on this. Oh my gosh! And I mean, it was a running joke from us up in the up in two sixteen. Like, oh, it's a breakaway. Oh, it, it's Keck. Like it's just the yeah. poor kid's just gonna have, it's gonna roll off his, you know roll off his stick or he hits the post on a great move where he's got the goalie just strung out and it's like the poor guy well, you, you know so it's nice that it's yeah, nice it's, that primo's got that like he's he's playing well he's doing the right things and it's and going in the back of the it's, net it's it's the it's the continued evolution because he had a solid season mm-hmm. last season this is a player who got eight goals and 12 assists last season. And I think he's already kind of showing that he has that form. But I, like you said, I feel like he's making his presence known more this season. And it's, it's, you know, it says these players get older and they get better. And, uh, you know, I just, I, you see his leadership out there. I just, mm-hmm. I, I liked how he looked through the entire pod. He's really, you know, becoming, kind of one of our premier players on this uh, this kind of new look iteration of the UNO Mavericks under Mike Gabinet. So I'm going to give my player it, to, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just think that, I think a case could be made for his other line mates too. I mean. Oh, absolutely. That's because, absolutely. At least now. I mean, they didn't start the pod that way, but, you know, Ward and Weiss with him have made uh, a pretty potent uh, combination uh, I'm going to go a little bit further down the list, maybe. Uh, okay. We're going to go all the way back to the back end. I'm okay. going to say Johnny Taconic. I know yeah. he's not um, he's not one that maybe that name rings off your, your tongue, especially since uh, he's, he's a new player. So casual fans, you know, maybe just aren't familiar enough with him. But we talked in one of the podcasts about having some stability and some some leadership on the back end and it just seems to me like he's really stepped up and taken that role of you know we're going to be a good team and if i have to bring us along i will you know he seems to really fall in line with conley and the two of them uh it just looks to me from as an observer that the two of them kind of are, are really playing a strong leadership role with this team and so He's, I think, my player for the pod just because he brings stability. You know, he was, he had a lot of good games. He never had a bad game. No, he really is. And the way that he plays at defense, it kind of reminds me of a, of a point guard in basketball, the guy who's really, really good at handling the puck down back there near the blue line, getting it where it needs to go. And you mm-hmm. look at this a lot of times when we have these kind of highly touted transfers, and he transferred in. Uh, from North Dakota. He's obviously junior. Sadly, Jason and I wish he was a freshman so we could get four years out of this guy because it would be absolutely fantastic. So he's a junior on the roster right now, but he really has made a difference back there in the decor. More than that, like you said, there's just, there's a, there's just a, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it in words, but you just, He's one of those players who came in and hit the ground running. And sometimes, you know, over the years when you look back, sometimes when UNO has had transfer players, sometimes they've been all right. But there have been times when those players just haven't really panned out. And so far, if you look at some of our recent transfer students, you know, you look at a Jack Randall, you look at a Johnny Tyconic, you look at Kevin Conley. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you're talking about guys who really, you know, have been key components in the success of this team. And so, uh, so right. hats off to the staff for finding players in the transfer portal that, uh, that have been able to make a difference, but no, he's been fantastic. He's been, uh, a really just a, a pleasant addition to the roster. So overall record, Omaha sits six, three and one. And we are second place in the NCAA. Second place, depending, I guess, depending on which math you're wanting to use, because I'll just fair warn anyone if you pull up CN, <laughs> CHN, their, uh, their points per game kind of math thing isn't going to put us in, in second. I think, they've, I think they put us in fourth, if I remember right, because Duluth and St. Cloud have only played nine games and are a point behind us. But in any case... <laughs> North Dakota is a point ahead of us. We're a point up on Duluth and St. Cloud. And I think the the big thing is looking at, you know, top four teams get home ice in the playoffs usually. And so we've always talked about, you know, what does it take to be a top four? And usually that like three, four, five or four, five, six ranges, usually those are pretty tight, right? But yes, and Jason, got... Jason, you will be happy to note that College Hockey News has us in second place. Oh, so there you go. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I just thought um, I would interject that. But yeah, all those teams are bunched really, really close. North Dakota, Omaha, St. Cloud, and Minnesota Duluth right in there. But yes, continue your yeah. thought. I, I. Well, so I'm just saying the gap now between Omaha and what would be Denver in fifth place. Yeah. We've got seven points on them. Yes. So it's not just us overperforming and saying, you know, we're in second place and that's, you know, way better than we expected of, of where this team would be at the closeout of the NCHC pod. Uh, but to look at it and say, not only that, we've performed against the teams that we've needed to perform against. Uh, and we've scraped out some points against some of the teams that maybe were, you know, a tighter matchup like St. Cloud and, and that stuff and said, you know, we're, we're in a position where going into the second half of the season, one loss against some of these teams Denver, uh, Cairo College, even you know North Dakota, just a point ahead of us. Like one loss to them isn't going to make or break your season. We can bounce back from something like that if you have right. a bad game or something. And I, I will mention, Jason. Yes, we are seven points ahead of Denver in the standings right now. We also play six games <laughs> against them in the second half in these two, three-game series against Denver where they have a chance to get 18 points against us, or we have a chance to, to, to further our lead. So it's and how it's many gonna... decades has it been since we've beat Denver? <laughs> wasn't there, wasn't there one season a few seasons ago, like where we finished the season at Denver against Denver, and then we had to go play them in Denver for the end, first round of the NCHC playoffs. NCHC it felt like, play. oh my yeah. gosh, it was just like, it was a never ending struggle against that team. And I know Denver looked down, but I'm, I'm still nervous about them in the second half, but but UNO has a real opportunity here for sure going into these these final 16 games, what we assume are going to be the final 16 regular season games in the second half. The key is going to be not getting ahead of themselves. You know, these right. are kids that, you know, going into the season, I think it was a little bit of the underdog aspect and, you know, people don't expect much out of us. So what's there to lose? Uh, right now people are talking about you as a you know potential frozen four team 
Um, certainly a home ice advantage in the NCHC, and it's like don't don't listen to those people. Yeah, do Play not listen like. to those people. I've I've been following this program too long. There have been times when this team has looked great going into January, and the wheels have fallen off the bus. You know, and we like and didn't I'm, get a win in the second half of the season I, at all. I like we am, can't do that I'm, again. You know, people are saying, boy, it looks like UNO is going to be a team that's, you know, finally going to make the NCHC frozen faceoff for the first time and fans aren't going to be able to go. And it's like, that wouldn't that be the, wouldn't that, that would be the that great irony be... the, the first time we get to yeah. go. And it'll probably be the only time for the next 15 years that we get there. But, <laughs> but yeah, but you can't, you can't get too far ahead. I've watched and I, we've watched this for too many years to know how this goes. Plus, like we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, we haven't had to play any games on the road yet. And so suddenly in the second half, we're going to, you know, we're going to have to go into places like Ralph Eaglestad Arena. We're going to have to go to Colorado Springs and we're going to have to go. um, We're going to have to go to Magnus Arena. Those it's, it's, you know, it's going to get tough and, and who knows what the atmosphere is going to be like at those places, because we don't know whether or not they're going to get to have fans. I know that I believe it was North Dakota. I can't remember if it's on the broadcast or something I read online. They're talking about having, I think a thousand fans at their games. And I think their arena sits what 11, 12,000 people or something. So that's a, that's a, that's a Mm. scant number of fans. So they're looking at fans. UNO's obviously looking fans. I don't know what Denver and Colorado college are doing, but regardless going on the road is going to be a different story. So, you know, we've, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to temper our expectations and just remember we uh, we start off the second half of the season with four straight games against North Dakota. Right. Two at home, December 31st, January 1st, and then on the road to North Dakota on the 8th and 9th. Yes. So do you have anything else to say about the pod before we start talking about our next games? Well, I just thought it was a lot of fun to get to watch all those games. You know, during the week, essentially two games per day. On the weekends, we had three games a day. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was, a, I thought it was a good time for the last three weeks. I had a lot of fun, and I enjoyed hearing uh, people like you know Ben Holden and Dave Starman. Starman's full of all kinds of interesting trivia. I thought it was really cool to get to see former Mav. Uh, David Brisson, one of the great forwards from the early years of this program and a great UNO uh, alum. I The last time I chatted with him and Bridget and I chatted with him was at a an advocacy event down in uh, Lincoln for the University of Nebraska system. So we uh, sat at a table and had dinner with him. Uh, just a really good guy. And I, I enjoy listening to him on the broadcast, getting his perspective. And then, of course, uh, UNO play radio play-by-play voice uh, Donnie Barnes on there. So that was that was a lot of fun, and it was, it was also a lot of fun to see, you know, eight million ads for, you know, Hugo's Grocery Store in Grand Forks, mm. along with you know Minn Kota windows. I, you know, I, hey, I swear your, when I what's in your bottle, <laughs> huh? What's in your bottle? Oh, my bottle's it better full be cramp aid. Cramp aid right now, yeah. Yeah, which you know, if you look at one of those commercials, it was it was shot in the Lincoln Stars Arena. I believe I was told that 
the guy who started that was from Lincoln and then ended up moving up to the Grand Forks. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know the whole story, but mm-hmm. we certainly, we certainly saw a lot of ads. And what I loved on Twitter were the number of fans who had said, okay, I succumbed and I got, you know, cramp aid to true. <laughs> so I'm just telling you, Midco Sports, those ads worked. But I'm really glad, I think more than anything, I'm really glad that the NCHC, um, had a partnership with Midco Sports to do the games because overall the quality, the video quality was good. Now the app itself. Oh my it, God. It was, it was <laughs> not good. That was not good. Jesus. Um, it was it, it in the last couple days, whenever like I'd open up the app, there would be times I would be watching and it would just like randomly just close. quit out. Yeah. Yep. Close out and take me back to the home screen on my Apple TV there and was some today t- it was if we pull it up and we click on live, live. games to go to yep. the game, the minute you clicked on live, it closed. There it's were like, other times on. when I, I, you know, I was able to kind of get it working by signing out and relogging in every time. It was, it was rough, and I, I, that that is one area that you know going forward they're going to have to to work on as far as because obviously when you're selling a subscription to fans, you know, you want everything to to relatively speaking, you want everything to work as advertised and it's tough especially when you have new subscribers who aren't used to this and suddenly they're thinking they're doing something wrong as it regards the app and then it turns into a whole thread on Twitter of troubleshooting so they're going to have to work on their kind of video streaming logistics I think going forward, and we've talked about that before. I mean, Jason and I aren't too harsh on this stuff, although the two of us really we're we're serious about our streaming video. This is this is how we get TV in our homes. So, so yeah. Well, it's it's not like we had another choice either. You know, no, we we have no choice. So, and usually, what I would do a lot of times, what I would do is I just pull it up on the nchc.tv website, and then just airplay it to the Apple TV, and that and that was fine. You know, but. Yeah. It's the frame rate's different, and then I just get annoyed by the. Oh yeah, Jason. Just so everybody knows, is really obsessed with frame rates and everything. I, yeah. Frame rates, <laughs> bit rate, everything else. <laughs> someday, dude. Someday it'll all be in 4K, dude. It'll be just beautiful out there. Yeah. It'll just be gorgeous. <laughs> Did you have any thoughts? I had a I had a great time watching the games of the pod. I should also mention that Jordan McAlpine. Who I think I may have finally pronounced his right his name right after after the the past two years that we've known him, uh, he is a student at UNO. He's a writer for the Gateway, and he wrote a number of articles for the NCHC website, and you can check them out there. Um, and I believe he also published articles on the Gateway. I'm not sure about that, but I, he may have just been. You know, a special reporter this week or these last three weeks for the NCHC, but he wrote some really terrific articles. And there was a great one today that I know a number of UNO fans enjoyed where uh, forward Nolan Sullivan kind of kind of gave fans sort of a behind the scenes on the NCHC pod from a player's perspective, which I thought was a lot of fun. And I thought it was uh, it was really cool to kind of kind of get that content because a lot of, you know, all we see are whatever the game broadcasts are, or whatever the, the media types, uh, uh, you know, experiences. So I thought that was pretty cool. Overall, I thought they did an amazing job. I mean, they planned 30, we say they planned 38 games and they got them all in. Yep. 
you know, it no worked. COVID, no positive <laughs> tests. It was, it was when the app worked, when you could watch the games, it, it was a good product. You know, the, uh, yep. the announcers were good. I thought they had, uh, a good quality product as far as, you know, the video quality and things like that. Like, like my only cons, my only beef about it is just the number of times that I had problems, you know, getting it to play on a phone or getting it to play on the Apple TV right. app or, you know, any of these things like, like the ability to watch it was the part that, that just frustrated the heck out of me. I mean, there's one point where it was telling me like, you don't have an account and I'm like, are you kidding me? What do you mean? I don't have an account. And it's like, <laughs> Jason and I, it was just, it was just annoying. I think Jason and I are job and and, uh, you obviously we deal with technology in our jobs. Jason and I are used to being technical support for, for (laughs) folks. A lot of times, Uh, Jason, I know at at his place of work and me for our, the, the customers that Bridget and I have in our business a lot of time. I mean, this has been going on for years. I remember, you know, 20 some years ago when PDFs became the thing and I would have to walk somebody through on how to open up a PDF, which is <laughs> like, and you just thank God they're natively supported now, but it was a trial, but it, it is. So the, the technical glitches aside, the game broadcasts were really good. I enjoyed overall the, the uh, play-by-play and uh, commentary crew on those broadcasts and and I, I, you know, you got to give credit to the conference. I mean, you look at that these other conferences around college hockey, and just like the the daily, the daily news that this game's being, you know, postponed, that this game is being canceled. I think this was probably, you know, the smartest way that you could have started a season. And we we weren't sure. We weren't sure what would happen as far as COVID or, you know, the the players isolating from. Uh, other teams and 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 whatnot but it sounds like it went really really well and that's the way you want to start a season so they've got a solid foundation of 10 games to move into the second half we'll have to see what happens in the second half you know who knows all all hell might break loose for all we know we don't know but we're hopeful at least now we got a solid start on the season and then we'll see what happens you know december 31st so I assume we're back to our, our regular uh, format for the podcast. So we'll do we'll do one after the second game at, at home yes. versus North Dakota. J- so Jason doesn't just to... assume that. Bridget notified us earlier before we started recording that that was the way that it was going to be. So, so, so I'm that's... just leaving the door open if we want to. <laughs> J- you know, Jason and I are a little bit because Jason and I Jason and I like this rapid fire thing. We enjoy this so. So, yes, but but as of now, the next series is December 31st and January 1st here at Omaha's Baxter Arena against North Dakota. So they're going to have to turn right around and come back here to play us yep. in in a what is that about? What? Ten, about two ten, weeks or ten, so. 11 games. Yeah. Days, yeah. So so we will yes, do yeah. predictions. Yes, and what I'm happy about with this, now that we're back in the weekend series format, we don't have to do actual score predictions. We can just do our predictions for the series. Isn't This is the way that we've done predictions, isn't it? I'm not remembering this right. Don't we normally do, I'm predicting a split, or I'm predicting UNO's going to sweep, or I'm predicting North Dakota's going to sweep, or I'm going to predict a, a win in a tie. Isn't that normally how we do our predictions, Jason? 
that's how we did them back before COVID. But oh well, let's let's do that again because I was terrible at trying to predict the score. It was I was off. I think every single time. The odds that you're going to be right are so low that (laughs) they are so low. It's just much easier to predict a generic outcome. So we've got North Dakota. That's why I started doing things like Ethan Frank's going to get hat trick and we're going to win six. Well, see, I'm. I'm. Look, I was being nice today. I was not bringing that up, but why? Just that was almost the end of the podcast for the season. What the hell? (laughs) Oh my gosh! Ah, it's just. I'm I I'm ex- just I'm very excited to see him graduate and move on to whatever his future hockey endeavors are because it's it's just it's just I don't want to talk about the any any players from Nebraska on any other team in the NCHC anymore. I if we have Nebraska players in the future Let's just make sure that they're on the UNO roster because it's going to be much easier for Jason and I to do. So anyway. So we're yes. back to split, sweep, or get sweeped, huh? Split, sweep. Yes, we are because that's 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 going to be much easier for me to predict and much easier for me to remember what I picked. So Okay. So where are you going to pick? Well, we got North Dakota coming into town, and they've got some, uh, they've got some talented names that we've been hearing the past few seasons, guys like Grant Mismash. Obviously, their stalwart scoring threat, who I believe scored a goal in every game of the pod, senior forward Jordan Kawaguchi. Got a lot of talent on that team. Bradbury is a terrific head coach. They played really well in the pod. They came out first place in the conference in the pod. This is our first matchup, and this is exciting. This is exciting. This is going to be the first and second places place teams in the conference going at it. Our first home series of the year, Bridget and I presumably are going to be there because they're allowing fans. I'm just, I'm just waiting with bated breath to see what that, literally, just to see what to see what that experience is uh, is going to be like. I have no idea at this point, but I'm going to say, I'm going to be a little bit conservative here. I'm going to say we split with North Dakota. I'm going to say that we win. Friday and lose Saturday. Is that a Friday Saturday series? Now I'm just, I'm just yeah. assuming it is. Okay. I was gonna. Oh no, it's Thursday Friday Saturday series, isn't it? No, 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 no. This is this this first one. Oh no, it's Thursday Friday. You were right. So yeah, it's Thursday Friday. I I'm just I'm just thinking 31st and for I was just thinking weekend series I'm thinking Friday Saturday so it's Thursday Friday next week so that's sooner than that's sooner than I was anticipating so it's it's coming up that, fast Are we change are you changing your split are you still saying <laughs> split and we win Thursday or do you stay split and we win Friday You know and I thought maybe I thought maybe the December 31st game was early I it's it's early-ish. They're both at six oh seven p.m. Yeah, I'm gonna say we we win on Thursday and we lose Friday, January first. Well, I also was gonna pick a split. Okay. But to keep things interesting, I'll switch it up and I'll say that we lose on Thursday and win on Friday. Okay. That way we don't say the same thing, and you know one of us gets to be wrong. <laughs> 
Hopefully, we're not both wrong. What do you think the chances are that UNO could get a sweep in this first series of the second half? Oh, this team could do it for sure. They sure could do it. I mean, it's going to take them, you know, really buying into Gabinet's philosophy, doing all the, you know, doing all the little things right, you know, building the right habits and saying, you know, we're still the underdogs. We can't take anything for granted. We got to go out there and play our best hockey, play loose and fast, uh, you know, have good transitions, keep the penalty, special teams, you know, better the power play, keep the penalty kill clicking because you really, and you can't give this team, you know, too many opportunities. Like if we take four or five penalties in a game, I think it's going to be hard to beat North Dakota. They really need so to avoid that. They, they can need, be disciplined. We'll be good. They need to avoid the silly, stupid penalties. And then we need yeah. great, great play between. Men. We need great play between the pipes, which I would imagine yeah. would be Isaiah Seville. So we need him to, uh, to give us his all. And, and I, you know, this is an opportunity for UNO to really make a statement. Uh, not only in the NCHC, but in the NCAA, because they have an opportunity if they do well in this series to be first place in the NCHC, which is which is not something that we have. I don't. I mean, I can't remember the last time. Have we talked about that? Have they been in that position before? I mean, I think they have, but it's been a long time. So this is a yeah. This is a great opportunity. Ten games in, but as you talked about earlier, we can't get ahead of ourselves here. So these right. teams have just come off playing a lot of games and then they're going to be turning around next week and playing two more games. So it'll be exciting. I North Dakota's always been an exciting series for UNO. Uh, regardless of what our record is, we always play them well. So uh, it should be exciting. So Jason and I are both picking splits. And if that happened, I think that'd be a great outcome. And I'm not going to... Yeah, it'd be a good start I'm, to the second half. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna wish for anything more, but, but it would be great to be great to start out 2021 with, on a real high note. So, yeah, let's get it done, Mavs. <laughs> so, you got anything else for me? I got you nothing just, else, man. You got nothing else. So nope. it was a it was a fun pod. Jason and I really enjoyed it. We enjoyed you know coming to you every two or three days. We're going to go back to our normal schedule for now. We'll see how Jason and I are feeling uh, after the second half of the season. Our second half of the the second the second half of the season. That's I had that right. Um, gets underway, so we'll uh, we'll be back to you with the weekly podcast to start off here, and then we'll see how it goes uh, in the second half. But uh, until next time, be sure to follow Mad Puck on Facebook and Twitter because we have a lot of fun stuff on that. Uh, on on those platforms and we've got all the old episodes of the podcast at madpuck.com so you can go back the next week now that we're off and now that you're not watching pod games every day and uh, catch up with the past three seasons at your leisure and until next time go Mavs go Mavs